right, guys, welcome to the Three Bagger Podcast, the uh, first official episode. I'm here with my co-hosts, Ryan Stamsky and Nick Freire. How are we doing today, guys? What's up, Evan? Doing well. Good, good. Doing uh, well, man. So I know I've had uh, an eventful last week. My work got shut down due to coronavirus, so I'm at home quarantining. Perfect time to record podcasts and everything, for sure. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate, but glad we can all find a time to get together. I know for me, yeah. it's been an exciting couple of weeks. Uh, the team I interned for, uh, Louisville City, we're in now the conference final of the USL, which is exciting. Oh, wow. And if we win, yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. It's actually pretty funny because playing the Tampa Bay Rowdies uh, kind of feeds into the whole year of Tampa thing. You got right now, you got the Lightning, you won the Stanley Cup. You got you got the Rays, who are now in the World Series, which is what we're going to talk about. You got the Buccaneers of Tom Brady, who are first in the division. And now you got another Tampa Bay team, the Tampa Bay Rowdies, who are game away oh, from yeah. being in the finals. Hopefully it doesn't happen, because then I want my team to be fine, not them, so they actually host the final, which would be pretty Wait, cool. If Kentucky's can, playing the Rowdies, really? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Louisville's playing the Rowdies <laughs> this weekend. It's going to be exciting. ESPN Plus, give it a watch. It's good. It's gonna be. It's gonna be exciting. That's all I can say. That's, that's crazy. What my weekend's looking forward to? Yeah. Are they playing at the actual stadiums? Like, are they playing in Tampa and Kentucky? So yeah. So basically, I'll let you guys know about what's going on with the USL right now. So it's interesting. Interesting with the USL is basically they kind of have a similar model to the NFL, where basically some teams were having fans, some teams didn't have fans. They actually restarted in July, right around a little bit earlier than baseball. Um, Louisville, we've been pretty successful. At, Basically, we haven't had any positive tests because the way we did our social distancing and made sure in mask wearing and doing other things like doing temperature checks. Like I said, we've been pretty successful at hosting and having fans in the stadium at a reduced capacity. So, like, for us, it's been fine. Like, we're getting a little scared now that numbers are spiking again. So, hopefully, we'll be able to play these last two weeks and finish the season strong. So, it's definitely been an exciting time in USL and in sports in general. Yeah, yeah, for Nick, sure. Nick, do they play uh, the Pittsburgh Riverhounds? Yes, they do, and we beat them two weeks ago. It was it was oh, a man. good time. <laughs> I have a friend that <laughs> interned. She interned with them over the summer. So, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> would definitely awesome. recommend any listener to look at the USL. It's it's definitely an exciting league and something that's definitely growing in the world of soccer. Something I'd like to talk about later in a podcast, <laughs> but today. Is a three bagger podcast, and the first bag is baseball. So this will be a baseball heavy podcast. <laughs> you are correct. I feel like yeah, soccer, soccer just came in from the outfield. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It, 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 like, it's like a yeah. reliever, you know, it's just kind of a game. Sometimes you got to bring him in. You're down that was our opener. That was our opener, you know? Like, I mean, we are talking some rates, so the opener does make sense. Yep. Yeah, reinventing the game for sure. All right, guys, let's get into it. So the World Series has begun. Uh, right now, the series is tied at 1-1. Tampa Bay won last night, and the Dodgers opened with a game one win. Uh, what, have you, what are your guys' thoughts so far on how the series has gone? Has it gone? You know, I think it's pretty even right now. I mean, literally, it's 1-1. Uh, Mookie Betts looks on fire. And uh, yep. I don't know about – Nobody really stands out in the race at the moment, except maybe uh, Randy or Rosina. Uh, yeah, Randy Brandon, Randy, yeah. Brandon yeah. Lowe. Lowe yeah, Lowe. 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 Yeah, Lowe. Yeah. Last night. Yeah. Early front runner for the race MVP. Um, I mean, I thought, I thought, uh, like one of the bullpens was going to implode, and I thought the Rays were going to implode, but no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, yeah, no, right. yeah. no, no. Yeah. Both, 
both teams are really solid pitching wise, uh, lineup wise. I mean, they're just overall good teams. That's why they're here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. It's like it's interesting if you look at it. I think it's the first time in a couple of years to get the exact stat, but the two best teams in baseball actually playing in the World Series. Usually, yeah. one of the teams gets eliminated early on just because baseball is a pretty random sport. But it's like you are seeing the teams that were both the one seed, yeah. even though it was expanded playoffs, it, it didn't matter. Both of them yep. still went through. Yep. So that's very rare. It is very rare that very. the ones do make it, for sure. I mean, I said this at the beginning of the series to a couple of my friends that I was um, talking about, um, about the World Series, sorry. Um, so I said if the Rays can hold the Dodgers to – you know, anywhere from the two to four run range and, you know, like quiet the offense a little bit, I think that they have a good shot to win most of those games, which is what happened. So oh, yeah. I'm not very confident yeah. in the Tampa Bay Rays offense, even though they did put up a lot of runs last True. game. But I, I think a normal Rays offense, if you can get three to four runs, I mean, that's solid because you're going to rely on your pitching to hold the, the other offense to one or two runs. So the remainder of the series, if, you know, the Rays can hold the Dodgers line up at bay, then they're going to win it. If not, the Dodgers are going to go off for, you know, six, eight runs, and that's going to be the series. I do think uh, the Dodgers offense is a lot more potent than the Rays. I mean, oh, we, we saw we saw it last Agreed. night. They were mounting a comeback right at the end there. Yes. These guys, they just won't die. They're not going to no. roll over and exactly. accept defeat. Um, yeah, they, their, their Chris, offense is way better. What is Chris, Taylor, Chris Taylor last night yeah. was on fire. Oh, yeah. That home run was big. Him, him and Very Mookie, big home run. They're, uh, I think they're the two front runners for MVP candidate if uh, the Dodgers end up winning. Yeah, for sure. Mookie's yeah, been, I mean, that, Red Sox fans, I mean, that's that's just terrible for them. I mean, not signing Mookie Betts. I mean, he's just shown yeah. how he's a world-class player throughout, you know, even I two mean, games in the series. I mean, that's great. The Red Sox, the Red Sox will be back in uh, a competition soon. I'll give it like two of years course. or so. And yeah. at that time, they're going to be looking for one of those superstar players. And yep. Well, if they have him, not... they just didn't resign him. Exactly. They, they had him. <laughs> they had they had him. him. That was just right, not yeah. a great idea. I mean, I don't but know how you let that guy walk. I do think that it'll work out for the Red Sox at the end because Verdugo, he's good. He's, I already don't like him as a Yankees fan. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you, you can't replace Mookie. But he's one of those guys. This is one of those like Mike Trout yeah. guys where it's like no matter what you get back, you're not replacing his production. Yeah, too exactly. Good. Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially one thing I was looking at this series and looking at both teams. These are both teams that, like, you know, the Dodgers have been doing it for the past couple of years. These are teams that, like, you would expect them to still be competing well into the 2020s this decade. Look, at both teams are still relatively young. You mm-hmm. arguably could argue with the, with the Rays of Wander Franco. Their best player, could be their best offensive player, potentially is even with the team. Yep. And Isn't he on the roster? Because He's on the roster, but it's kind of what they're doing. It seems like it's more of a midfield service time thing with Wander yeah. Franco, so they're trying to trying to keep him down. I, I next year I do expect him to be up there in the major league team. Yeah, for sure. With, it, with both both the teams, you kind of do expect this could be something that could both the teams are going to be should be playoff teams years going forward, especially mm-hmm. if MLB decide to expand playoffs going in the future. We don't know that yet, but. Based on based on what the revenue numbers and based on television numbers, you can definitely expect that some of the other rounds have great numbers. You could you could see the playoffs being expanded. You could see these two teams being great forces going forward. Because like you said, they got young rosters. Even though the Dodgers are doing it for a while, they they had a great 
a Miley system, they were able to bring some of their guys, some of their core guys. Bellinger is still a pretty young guy. You yep. got Dustin May, another great young pitcher. Walker Buehler, mm-hmm. it's like all these young guys. Tony you know, Gonsolin's out there, Corey Seager, Will like Smith. I, said, like, I mean, yeah, you, the list yeah, just goes like on. Even though yeah. I feel the same way about the Dodgers, you guys feel about the Red Sox, you can't deny this team is going to be around for a while. It's just a matter of what teams in the future are going to be able to stop them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right, so let's get into a little bit of uh, kind of predictions here. So, uh, Nick, who do you got winning this series? I got the Rays in six. I think uh, I think last last night, I think we were going to see most of the series. I think good pitching in, in the end will win over good hitting. We said, we, like I said, we saw a lot of runs in the first couple of games. I think mm-hmm. that trend is going to kind of go down as pitching starts to get more settled in in the series. And I think I think the Rays, with the timely hitting in the bullpen, I think the bullpen is going to be the biggest thing for the Rays. I think, I think they can win this in six. Okay. Yep. Stan, what about you? I see, I see this series going seven. <laughs> it's okay. pretty even. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to come down to good pitching. Uh and I actually, I think this day, this off day is huge for both teams because they haven't got an off day in any series oh, they've yeah. had this postseason. So that's, that's going to be a chance for the bullpens to replenish and just get those guys next day's rest and who knows what's going to happen going forward. Yeah, that's another thing we'll talk about in just a second here after I kind of give my predictions. Um, so I think it's going to be Dodgers in six. I, I don't see – I mean, yesterday, in my opinion, was a fluke. I don't see Tampa Bay scoring, you know, six to eight runs a game and holding L.A. to four. I mean, I I I think L.A. I didn't say who was going to win. I was going to say Dodgers win. (laughs) Oh, my bad. Sorry about that. Okay. All right. So, we got Dodgers in six. What what was the games for you, Sam? Seven. Seven? Okay. So, you got Dodgers in seven. I got Dodgers in six. Nick has Rays in six. Rays in six. Okay. You can't can't, can't deny it. You know, All a right. little part of me wants the Rays to win just because their payroll is so low. I would just love to see that, like the little payroll going up against the like the Dodgers with like one of the top payrolls in the league. That just that's a great story. That's like like the A's versus the Yankees in the early two thousands, Moneyball yep. stuff right there. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. All right. Well, so. Another thing we're going to talk about, like I said, is the schedule. I mean, I'm very confused as to why they, you know, in the division and championship series, they just played, you know, however many straight games it took to decide the series. And now they're randomly just going to give them days off in the middle of the World Series. I That's just doesn't make sense to me at all. Yeah, I don't understand yeah, either, but I feel like they only did it for COVID precautions. Like, they didn't want guys to just – like go out and wander around the city or whatever and just you know they want to minimize that risk of being exposed when yeah. they got the, the postseason going on so I think that's why they did it what um, about now though with the off days I mean there's still the same risk that though yeah that's yeah. that's what's puzzling me <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah I'm gonna go ahead and make a point here um, I think I think a big thing with that is also having to do with TV and setup early rounds, like the, they, they expand the playoffs in a lot of games. Like I said, you saw yep. games at 12 o'clock. Where do you think with fair the West Coast teams playing all straight day games? Like I said, that's definitely an argument to be made, but the MLB, they really want these time slots. And you can see it did work for them, like getting pretty good numbers at the different times. I think the World Series makes a difference. Well, you look at the year when you first started the playoffs, the NHL and the, uh, and the NBA were still going on. So they were still competing in the weekday series. So basically they're trying to get every single day. Well, now if you look at it, they're only competing really right now with the NFL as long as they're not playing on a Sunday 
or a Thursday or a Monday night, they're going to have that time. So basically, it's actually a pretty good off day for them having a Thursday, even though Thursday night football, you could argue, probably not the greatest with two NFC East teams this week. <laughs> oh, they would probably they would pro- they would probably still do better. But you could definitely see this as a pretty good blood scouts off a day because, like I said, no one really wants to go ahead at the NFL. The NBA even suffered, and they were in the finals going ahead against the NFL. Yeah. You could definitely see – and honestly, this does benefit both teams, especially the pitchers. You could definitely see – Oh, 100%. It definitely probably benefits Kershaw the most because he, this is a legacy series for Kershaw. Like, even though, like I said, oh, yeah. the Dodgers will probably get it a couple more times. He still it, – it still will haunt him to this day. You're thinking about it. How, how many chances this guy has had even yeah. though, even though, even though, because there could be arguments whether you think his numbers are good or bad. Like, yep. He's had a lot. He's having so many different chances to be able to get that World Series win and put himself probably oh, yeah. in the top ten of pitching pitchers all time in MLB, and yep. he still doesn't have that yet. So this this helps him out, and I think I prefer having off days. Like I get playing the seven straight, but I I I think I think if you baseball is meant to be played kind of every day, but if you look at it in a regular season, teams do get off days mostly every two weeks, if not every week. So I think the schedule updates help, and I can see why MLB did a decision. I just hope going forward in a post-COVID era, they stick with the updates, but we'll be, we'll be interested to see. Yeah, for sure. There, so, I also want to say there there's also a presidential debate tonight. So I don't know if MLB uh, is another good update schedule, that. yeah. Okay. Yeah, a lot but of it, competition. Then. Yeah, a lot of airwave competition going on there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I was, yeah, I, was yeah. ex- I was ecstatic uh, for Kershaw to get that win in Game One. Yeah. Uh, oh yes, you love to see it. Yeah, I mean, I I can't knock Kershaw at all. He's been a great guy and a great player just throughout his entire career. I, that's why I want the Dodgers to win. I mean, that's yeah. not at all why. Just because obviously I'm a Yankee fan, so I really don't want to see a division rival you know, take the World Series. Um, but, yeah, that, it would be great to see Kershaw get a ring for sure. Yeah, if anybody deserves a ring, it's Kershaw. Yeah, exactly. All right, so I know we wanted to kind of discuss the stadium as well. I mean, Globe Life Park, it's brand new in Texas. Nick, you had some thoughts on that. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting to see, like, why they chose this park. You can see it definitely helped that Texas had some limited uh, COVID like you're able to have capacity compared to other states. It's also a new yep. venue. So basically, they were probably hitting the hardest by not being able to get new fans in the stadium. I know here at Lewis City, we had a new stadium, and it was unfortunate we were not able to play. Except for this, definitely it's helping out one of their teams with the new stadium. It's also interesting to see comparing the new uh, the new Globe Life versus the old one. Like this, the dimension is actually a little bit deeper in this park, which is interesting. Because you think of the old Rangers ballpark is basically being yeah. very hitters friendly, and this one's actually a little bit deeper. And also, capacity reduced by a little bit. I think it went down by almost ten thousand, which is interesting. But like, I think that's kind of the trend we're going to see in future stadiums is more stadiums are start going lower capacity because they realize, okay, we don't need to have these giant stadiums of fifty thousand people baseball because yeah. that's a big deal. People are like, oh, attendance is going down. What's going on? I think it's better to have smaller stadiums. Like, they look more full. That's more intimate. That's something I've definitely experienced being in smaller stadiums, yeah. any, anywhere from the thirty to forty range. So I said oh, yeah. it, it looks nice on looks nice on TV, especially with the retract, retractable roof. It's yeah. something that's pretty cool. So I mean, it's just even awesome just looking at the different dimensions and how it would affect. Like I said, some of the dimensions I got here. Uh, looking at that, we got we got three we got three twenty nine down the line, which is that looks pretty far. Like I said, we got in center field four hundred seven, and then on right side in the right field we got. 329. Like I said, it's a pretty good sized ballpark. So, yeah. so like I said, 
in the first game, it didn't really matter because, like I said, they were still hidden. So it's interesting to see in the series goal the ballpark have a big factor going forward. Yeah. How, um, do you know how the dimensions compare to, like, uh, where it would be played in, like, Dodger Field or um, Tropicana? Yeah. Because that'd be so, kind of an interesting yeah. thing to kind of see, like, you know, yeah. bets is catch at the wall, some yeah. of the balls that are being played. Like, if this yeah. was a normal year and not COVID, you know, yeah. how would that kind of affect the game a little bit? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So with Dodger Field, the center field's 395, so it's actually in a little bit compared to what it would be in uh, the new Rangers ballpark. Let me. So right center okay. is 385 in uh, Dodger Field, and in uh, Globe Life, uh, right center is 374. So it's a bit of a difference there. So it doesn't see like I, that movie catch probably still would have happened, but it would have yeah. been. I don't think it would have been quite as significant. Like I said, that's yeah. what I said by a little bit. So, like I said, I, it's, like, that's the one thing about baseball compared to like sports. Every single field is different. Another exactly. thing to look at for those World Series is ticket prices. Just look at game two. The average cost uh, for a ticket was $604. So, definitely. Okay. I mean, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, so, like, that's pretty interesting to look at, like, I mean, it'd be interesting to compare it to other World Series. Like I said, that seems pretty normal for a World Series to be $604. And it's actually interesting that 70% of the tickets bought are actually outside of Texas. So it's probably not the best thing with the pandemic going on that <laughs> 70% of the tickets are being bought outside of Texas. Yeah, it's definitely no. something interesting. It's definitely something interesting to track that's going on. And the price keeps on going up game to game. Like, like I said, it's 604 average right now for game two. Uh, game three right now, the average is $731. And game four, it's up to $911. So, Wow. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, makes sense to, you know, keep increasing as the games get more dramatic. Uh, were those ticket prices from, like, the actual, like, World Series, like, site? Or was that, like, a third-party uh, so, reseller? So MLB has a partner with the Subhub, so I believe both of them were first-party sales. I think there are a couple. Subhub is pretty good about, like, that's probably the main site that are there are resales, so there's probably something that's reselling uh, basically every game. But basically, these, these tickets have been selling since the beginning of, like, I think mid-September is when they were first got selling, so they were selling even before they had an opponent. But even once once the Dodgers hit, that's when the price, they would, apparently it jumped over 25, it jumped over 20%. And can I give you a number of what wow. the what kind of high people are letting in so they're currently at 25 percent or, or 1100 11, basically 11,500 in this ballpark so basically mm-hmm. to reduce crowd so basically they're playing this premium price to get in the building and, and it seems like fans since they haven't been to one game they're basically saying hey i've been to one game yeah. I'll, basically, I'll basically spend what i spent for a season for one game and they're doing it i was gonna yeah. say yeah those those the resale ticket value of those world series tickets is probably astronomical just because this oh, is like yeah. once in a once in a lifetime opportunity, not just to go to the World Series, but this will be like one of the only sporting events people will go to this year, uh, exactly. just to see a baseball game. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean they they definitely have that you know in or the money in there saved up because you didn't go to you know if you bought season tickets you didn't actually spend that and go to the games this season so you know you just put yeah. it all into the World Series take it to the one game you can go to. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely just interesting looking at um, going more into the numbers from where they're, like I said, like I mentioned, a lot of it's coming from outside the state. As Subhub says about 20 to 25% are coming from California, that is the Dodgers, and only 8% is coming from Florida from, from the race fans. I mean, it's like uh, pretty yeah. big race fans. It's not the largest fan base, so yeah. that makes sense. It's interesting to see that. That's kind of the makeup. And it also happens, like, I won't be surprised if there were a couple, like, 
Braves fans with this box because they thought their team would make it. Yeah. Or, you know, a couple a couple Astros fans, you know, it's only a couple-hour drive based sponsored tickets anyway, but I'll go. Or it's general baseball fans in Texas where it's around. It's like I said, this is the only opportunity to see live baseball this year. And new level. And you stadium, like I said, probably if, if you got money to spend it, why not spend it, you know? I think that's kind exactly. of what most people, mm-hmm. most people are going here. And they're, and they're buying the $28 boomsticks also. Yeah, <laughs> the boomsticks. Oh, boy. Those oh, are giant. What is it, like a two-foot hot dog that they're selling? Two-foot-long two hot dog just completely loaded with, like, cheese, chili, uh, onions, oh, whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, boy. $27. $26 it, $27. That's like crazy. I said, it's def- definitely bigger in Texas. They're, they are definitely staying true yeah. to their state motto there. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's funny. The, the, uh-huh. new stadium, the new stadium even looks like a grill from the outside. Have you seen know, the top yeah. of the roof? It yeah, looks yeah, like one of those the gas grills, yeah. <laughs> I kind of want to no, look it up now. No, yeah, it's interesting, too, like how everything closes in that, in that area. Basically, if you look at mm-hmm. it, their old stadium is literally across the street. And basically, the oh, yeah. fans are gonna, they're actually not going to demolish it because a – Basically, what's going to happen with that stadium? Uh, the XFL team they folded, so they they were supposed to play there, but mm-hmm. they only got a game or two. There's actually a an, a, a USL club, uh, North Texas F- SC. They play there, so they're planning to convert it more into a soccer stadium eventually. Oh. I think I think they're, they're going to actually reduce the capacity a little bit for that stadium and actually make put in some hotel rooms. So it's actually going to be pretty cool. Yeah. I'm actually able wow. to repurpose the stadium for future use. And actually, also in that area, it's like literally parking lot away is is a AT&T stadium where, where the Cowboys play. It's, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. it's crazy, like, the amount of money spent on stadiums, like, like, yeah. probably, like, over, like, almost $2 billion in that one area just spent on Oh, stadiums. yeah. But, they, yeah. but you could definitely tell Dallas does love their sports teams and they're willing to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Certainly an arms race with stadiums, <laughs> that's for sure. An arms race of sorts. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right, so now we're going to transition into kind of the second segment of the show. Um, we want to talk about the World Series, kind of the venue in the first part. Um, we're going to go into a little bit of Tampa Bay versus L.A., um, just things in general, and then we'll kind of talk about the Gold Glove Awards that were announced today. All right, sounds good. I'll go ahead and introduce the first category. So basically, well, this must be fun between the two cities. What do you, which, which is better? So basically, there's a couple different things we found in searching on the internet between the two, which we think is better. So basically, the first, first one we got up here for the debate, which theme park is better, Disneyland or Bush Gardens? Uh, anyone, anyone want to start us off here? I, I mean, I, that's no competition for me. I don't, Stam, I don't know if you've been to Bush Gardens, but I know no. uh, living in Tampa. I mean, it's definitely like a nice amusement park in Tampa, but like, I mean, Disneyland. Disneyland's yeah. Disneyland. I think there's no competition Disneyland. Now, I mean, Bush Gardens, they got their own stadium, right? The Cardinals? I, the Bush no, Stadium. It's, <laughs> it's not yeah. the same thing. The it, same no, thing. it might be. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. <laughs> they, got Damon, they got Damon rights, though. <laughs> they got Damon oh, they, rights. They, there you go. I mean, I mean, it was a nice attempt with the argument there, Stan, but I, I, yeah. I'm also, I like I'm it. Gonna, I think I'm just going to end it here. I'm also going with Disneyland. <laughs> Um, I said, well, 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 it's nice that they have the live animals at Bush Garden. I mean, Disneyland, it's been around for 60 years. It has the nostalgia. It's got the better rides. I feel like if it Disney World with Disneyland, we'd have a better discussion. But we're not talking Orlando versus L.A. We're talking Tampa versus L.A. So Correct. Got to go Disneyland, uh, 2-0. And Stan, if you want to count your vote, <laughs> vote for Bush Garden, go ahead. Just know you're going to be losing your argument. No, yeah. no, I, I think Disney's better, you know. 
you know, they got Olaf and yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, they got Olaf. Olaf, that, that just that, makes them better. All right. There we go. So Executive decision. Off. Disneyland exactly. win. There you go. Three zero decision for Disneyland. One nothing. LA so far. Indeed. So all right. Yeah. Go ahead. All in this next category here. Next category we got a better parade. The Gasparilla Parade for all you Tampa people. No problem. Know this for non-Tampa people. I'll just give you a quick thirty-second description of what it is. It's basically uh, Tampa's version of Mardi Gras. It's basically they honor this allegedly fictional, maybe real pirate in a Jose Gaspar. No one knows he's real or not, but, you know, it's basically that the town is quote-unquote invaded by pirates. Everyone just to a pirate. Everyone starts drinking way too early in the morning. There's a dying parade. Everyone's trying to get these. It's, it's a fun time. Highly recommend making at least one parade. Maybe not the issue with COVID, but you're down the line would recommend. Oh, yeah. Local parade, annual tradition happens every, every, uh, First of the year, uh, New Year's, New Year's Day, bunch of roses. Uh, it's crazy how many different flowers they use for it. A big TV event, big event in LA as well with the Rose Bowl game right after. So, guys, I have an opinion on which which parade you got going here. Yeah, so definitely. Um, I am obviously biased because I've lived in Tampa for four years, and I know even last year, Nick, you and I experienced yeah. the Gasparilla Parade together. Um, it's it's unbelievable i mean i've never seen anything like it Every, like you said everybody is just starts drinking way too early dresses up as pirates and just kind of goes out into the streets and parties it's it's a great time there's a big parade and i don't know what the obsession is but they throw out these like plastic beads and it's like they're you know a dollar at walmart anywhere else but the gasparilla parade you win if you have the ridiculous majority of the beads like weighing your neck down <laughs> so oh, yeah. I, i'm gonna i'm gonna executively put my vote into um the gasparilla parade over the rose ball oh yeah uh, i'm gonna go gasparilla too uh just from looking yeah. at your stories and instagram posts uh oh, yeah. it just looks like a grand old time and you know now they got freaking rob gronkowski down there who doesn't oh, want to party God. with that guy That's you just know wild. he's just gonna be like in the streets just completely going crazy I, I would just i'd pay to see that oh yeah, yeah it's, it's gonna be yeah. exciting um I'll, I'll go ahead and uh round this out i'll make it three oh gas really like i said <laughs> four years in tampa was definitely a fun time definitely memorable weekend uh that, that saturday in january so i'll go ahead and round it up well red bull have to position it doesn't have pirates so i'll go ahead Andrew. and do the gas gas really here and make it uh Make it two zero. So next category three zero. Oh, actually, real quick, Nick, have you ever been to a Rose Bowl parade? I have not been to Rose. Like I said, I've seen it on TV. Eventually, I'll like make it down to LA, but something definitely in the future. I know not this year, but I know definitely in the future. So that makes it. Thanks for correcting me, Evan. Now it makes it one, <laughs> one for one for LA, one for Tampa. Both of them have been three zero. So we'll see if any of these will be decisive. The next one. We can kind of go either way, like which one would you rather be in or which one's more powerful. And yeah. We can kind of get into logistics in this next one. But it's better natural disaster here. We got hurricanes <laughs> versus earthquakes. Oh, man. So hurricanes I mean, are pretty hurricanes are pretty famous in Florida. You know, we, we lived through a few Evan with Irma and a couple yep. of scares, but there's definitely a lot of gusts, a lot of a lot of rain. Luckily for Tampa, it usually never gets hit, but we've definitely seen some things go along uh, with hurricanes and for earthquakes. Uh, I've been through a few in California. Luckily, nothing as devastating as they were in 1988, yeah. the one that stopped the World Series. But, but earthquakes, they're unpredictable, could do a lot of stuff. And like I said, when the ground starts shaking and you're in the building, it can be a little scary. So, guys, yeah. thoughts on earthquakes versus hurricanes? 
I, I mean, really for all of them, it depends on the magnitude. But like, if you're doing like a mild earthquake versus a mild yeah. hurricane, I feel like a hurricane would be better to be in because you can just kind of hunker down, you know, yeah. in in some sort of building, and you will most likely be fine. But you know, if you're living in you know islands off the coast and a, right. or a category five whips through, I mean, yeah. your entire life is destroyed there. But and that, I mean, then again, I feel like it'd just be even scarier to you know be in an earthquake and have the ground shake, and I I, I wouldn't like that. My I. I'd say the better natural disaster, as in the scariest, would be earthquake. So we're going to give that one to LA. Gotcha. Uh, Sam, got an opinion here? You know, I, I'm leaning earthquake uh, just because of their unpredictability. Uh, you know, you, you can't prepare for an earthquake. You just don't know when it's going to show up. Uh, versus like a hurricane, you can see that stuff for like a couple days. You can evacuate, yep. get all your stuff out of there. but you know, you never know when that like next 8.7 earthquake is going to strike and it just like demolishes city. And, you know, that's, that's just not fun, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's not a good time. It's not a good time. Okay, I'll go and round it out here. I mean, we're agreeing. Hopefully, we'll have some disagreement, some debate later on in the next couple of categories. But I'll go ahead and give it to earthquake this year. Like I said, that's the main thing. I was like, other things got predictions. Like, we're, we're getting better at predictions with earthquakes, but like, you never mm-hmm. know. Like, I know back in California, where I live, we're due for one. So, it's always the moment of, if the ground starts shaking, is this it? Is this yeah. it? Yeah. So, I don't so like, like that. I said, like I said, for that alone, uh, with earthquakes, now we got a 2-1 lead for, L- for LA versus Tampa Bay. Our next category, we're in the food category, each signature item of each town. So, basically, the first category is the LA street dog. So, basically, if you're just in LA, if you've ever been there before, just – Random hot dog vendors going around. Usually these hot dogs are going to be bacon wrapped, all sorts of peppers and different things, mustard, mayo, all on these hot dogs. And basically it costs you two bucks. It's fantastic value. Definitely give it a try if you're ever in L.A. Where's the Cuban sandwich, which is actually it's claimed to be vended in Tampa, as they say. Basically, great Cuban sandwich. Got the Cuban bread, got the Swiss cheese, ham, turkey. It's definitely a trip it's one of my favorite meals in tampa I had at least once a week so if you're ever in tampa get even sandwich i got a couple places to be already got these recommendations so guys thoughts on the la street dog versus the cuban sandwich yeah so i did try a cuban sandwich one time when i was in tampa it, it was good it wasn't terrible i mean not not a huge fan but the la hot dog sounds i mean amazing i mean wrap most things in bacon and they're gonna be pretty good you know <laughs> yeah. and it, with peppers and you know all on hot dog and bacon i mean for two dollars you can't beat that we're we're gonna go decision la street dog sam you know i'm a sucker for a, a good glizzy so uh i'm gonna go with the street <laughs> dog uh yeah i'm a i'm a real glizzy gobbler <laughs> oh boy oh no <laughs> We're, we're, we're trying to keep it uh, PG here on the uh, three-bagger podcast. But, <laughs> but all right, I mean, oh, boy. I, I was going to send you a Cuban sandwich, but it looks like I already lost the vote. So 2-1 <laughs> goes to L.A. here. So now we got a 3-1 lead, always dangerous 3-1 lead. For Tampa so going really in. curious, does this decide the actual World Series? I mean <laughs> – it, it we'll could, see. like I said, we'll see. I mean, we, we, we can go back here and look, if we were right, I mean, <laughs> I think we can credit this. If, if the Dodgers, if the Dodgers can finish out, I think we have to take your credit for us deciding which is better between the two times. I, I think two, you're right. We still got who two you, categories. There's, who there's do, still time who for do you think? Catch up. Who do you 
think is the biggest glizzy gobbler on the Dodgers. <laughs> oh boy, I, I, I think Will Smith. I think it's all of them. They're all just too good. They're they all are definitely just. I think Mookie put down like seventy one, like Joey Chestnut. <laughs> like you just wouldn't even expect it from him. Like, you he's have the, to M- he's on, the on MVP, so like he can do anything. <laughs> he is the MVP. Because Walker, yeah. Walker Wheeler did my choice for that one. Walker he seems like a guy. Seems like a guy. Yeah, that's why. That's why his pants like... were so tight. <laughs> yeah, all right, let's move on to the next one. All right, all right, we got two more categories here. The next category is uh, best celebrity fan. So for Tampa Bay, we have Dick Vitale. You know him from from college basketball, ESPN, big personality, the famous Yeah Baby. You know Dick Vitale. Um, he's actually been a race fan for the entire distance and season ticket holder, and he's probably the biggest race fan. Of celebrity fans for the LA, like then there are cell meter fan options, but we decided to have LeBron be their fan. He's been pretty big on social media recently with the Dodgers. He's big all in LA now. After since after ever since uh, moving to LA, joined Lakers. He's won his championship. Now he's trying to get the Dodgers all rooting him on there. So guys, thoughts on Dickie V versus LeBron for better sports fan celebrity? I'll this go. is a tough one. You go, go ahead, Sam. Let me go. go. I just want to call out LeBron for being an absolute fraud. He is, Ooh, not he is not a Dodgers fan. No, he's just embracing his city because he lives there. Uh, he's, a, he's a Yankees fan, true and true, and then he became an Indians fan for a little bit, and now he's a Dodgers fan. Like, so what you're saying what is LeBron's it? a bandwagon. Yeah, what is it, LeBron? <laughs> I think it's whatever I mean, I city he's that. living in. <laughs> I mean, I think he's LeBron. I mean, he never supported the Marlins. I'm just saying that. I've never seen LeBron at yeah. a Marlins game. True. I mean, he's at Miami, so – I don't know. It's like I said. I mean, that's kind of like LeBron style, anyways. I mean, he builds super teams and he supports super teams. So, I, that's something that LeBron but, just does. With that being said, uh, Los Angeles by a landslide. I mean, they got like every celebrity. All right. Yeah. So, <laughs> go ahead, Evan. All right. Well, I I think I'm gonna go with Dickie V on this one. I mean. <laughs> I just that that guy's a legend. I, I you got to go with him. I mean, just like Sam said, LeBron's kind of been, you know, all over the place. He's a Yankee fan. He's an Indians fan. Didn't cheer for any Miami teams. Yeah, just kind of goes all over the place. Good. So I, I'm gonna go with Dickie V on this one. Oh, nice. So I actually get the break a tie here. So after a careful decision, I've made my decision like LeBron, but I'm not gonna go with LeBron. I'm gonna go with Dickie V. Like I said, right. it's just. Just imagine, like I said, the man just loves the Rays. Like, it's nice to know someone has passion about that team. It's actually interesting. I actually have a Dickie V bobblehead I got from when I was working at the lighting. So, I got to go with the guy who have a bobblehead of. So, I'm going Dickie V for the win. For sure. Now we're at 3-2. 3-2 with one category left. Let's see if the Rays can uh, tie it up for the tiebreaker real quick. And, uh, or if not, see if LA. So, this last category is what what is worse? Basically, which one would we rather be a part of? Would we rather be stuck in LA traffic or have to deal with Florida drivers? Like, all right, I mean, man, come on. I'd rather be stuck in LA traffic. Florida drivers are just absolutely brutal. I have no patience for Florida drivers. I drove there for, you know, two years and I wanted to just, oh, awful. I, I know LA traffic is terrible, but I can't deal with Florida drivers. Uh, advantage uh, LA. Oh, this is a really tough question because <laughs> you see you see all the the jokes and the memes about the Dodgers fans showing up in like the third inning of the game or something just yeah. due to the traffic in LA. Yeah, but you know I've been down to Tampa and uh, Fort Lauderdale for spring break, and those Florida drivers they're just, they're just absolute madmen. <laughs> I don't even know how to I don't even know how you people <laughs> deal with them. <laughs> My God. Wait, so how are we doing yeah. this voting? Is it is it 
Um, which one? Which one would you rather be in? So you'd okay. rather be in okay. LA. Yep. So I'd rather be in LA. Got it. Go ahead, Sam. I think I think I want to say LA just because uh, Florida drivers are an absolute hazard on the road. Uh, <laughs> would not recommend driving anywhere in Florida. <laughs> Agreed. I was actually going to go Florida drivers here, but you guys got the two one two one win with the uh, LA traffic, so that decides it. We got four two in LA versus Tampa Bay, so I think. So I think that's the pod's official pick is the LA Dodgers, as much as I disagree with that pick. I think <laughs> LA won it. I think LA won it there. So definitely. All right. Well, so if LA wins four two, I mean, I think it's us. Then it's our fault. Yep. I think it's our fault. All right, Evan, you want to get off on the uh, lightning round for Golden Gloves? Yeah. So um, the very last part of the show, we're gonna do. They just announced the um, league gold gloves um, today. Uh, the finalists, not the actual winners. So I, what we're going to do is just kind of go down the list and I'm going to get a prediction of which one you think is going to win for each uh, each category or each position from all of us. Uh, so we're going to start it out here in the American League with pitchers. The finalists are Griffin Canning, Kenta Maeda, and Zach Plesak. Um, Nick, you can start us out here. I'll go with Maeda here. Okay, Sam. Uh, Maeda. I'm also going to have to go with Maeda. I don't really know. We don't have any stats right now, but I don't really know what goes into picking gold gloves uh, for a pitcher. But I feel like Maeda is just kind of the most well-rounded player out of that group. So 3-0 Maeda on that one. Uh, we're going to go to catchers now. The three finalists are Yasmani Grandal, James McCann, and Roberto Perez. Nick? I'll uh, go with McCann on this one. Stan? McCann. McCann, yeah. I, I'm going to say Grandal. I think Grandal's a better right. defensive catcher. All so right. we'll, right. we'll see how that plays out. A, a little, little disagreement. A, All right. Yeah. In a future episode, we'll kind of go over these and see, you know, who won and whose predictions were right. Um, first base for three finalists are Yuli Gurriel, Matt Olson, and Evan White. Nick? Olson. Sam? Olsen. <laughs> I, I got to go with Olsen, too. Olsen's a yeah. great defender at first. He's good. We can, we'll, have, we'll have some stats to kind of back this up uh, later on, maybe in di- a different episode if we choose to yeah. analyze that. Uh, second base, we got Cesar Hernandez, Nicky Lopez, Danny Mendick, and Jonathan Scope. Actually, shout out to Danny Mendick. He's from Rochester on the White Sox. Ooh. He came out of Rochester, me and Sam's hometown. So, I mean, I think I'm going to have to go hometown bias there and say Mendick should get that. Nick? Scope. Scope. Stam? Yep. Can you say the names again? So we got Cesar Hernandez, Nicky Lopez, Danny Mendick, and Jonathan Scope. I'm going to go with Cesar. Cesar, okay. Yeah. Not bad. Um, third base, you have three finalists. Isaiah, Isaiah Kinner-Falefa. I think that's how you say that. Yeah. Uh, Yoan Moncada and Gio Urshela. Stan, or uh, Nick? Uh, yeah, I'm just going to go and protest this vote. Uh, don't count me in. My vote is Chapman. I know he's not a finalist, but I'm going to go ahead and see this one. I'm protesting with Chapman. Yeah, that's Nick crazy. is writing in. He's writing in his ballot. He's writing in. That's crazy. I'm writing in. I'm writing in. I'm writing, I'm writing in my Chapman. I know I'm not going to lose points. If I lose by one point, I'm going to be mad, but I'm, I, stand by, I stand by my third base for Matt Chapman. That's incredible. That Isaiah Kinner Falefa is on the list instead of Matt Chapman. Stan, what about you? Geo through and through. I yeah, we're me and Stan are gonna be a little bit biased here, but we've seen <laughs> Geo Urshela make some ridiculous just 
on I'd Candy Poison Third. I'd give him a platinum glove. <laughs> I'd, yeah, I, I, if there was more than a gold glove, I would definitely give Gio Urshela that. So Urshela is going to win that one for the podcast here. Uh, next position, shortstop. Um, we got Nico Goodrum, J.P. Crawford, and I know this guy's not going to win, uh, Carlos Correa. <laughs> I'll go Crawford here. Crawford? Sam? I'm going Correa. Sam, I'm going to agree with you, actually. I, I, mean, yeah. I, know, I know I said he's not going to be a favorite here, but, like, that guy's made some ridiculous plays in the field. And it's kind of hard good. to cheat. He's, it's kind of hard to cheat player. to make plays in the field. Yep. So I, I think I'll go with Correa on that as well. All right. All right. Now to the outfield. Now to the outfield. We'll go uh, left first. Alex Gordon, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., and Kyle Tucker. Um, we've got the legacy pick. Give me Gordon. Yeah. Mm, I'm going to go Gordon, too. I'm going to go with the legacy as well, Alex Gordon. I'm pretty sure he's retiring. So I, I yeah. think oh, yeah. it's cool to see him he's get a shoe one last he's a glove. Shoe yeah. 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 We'll see him get one last glove. I mean, that'd be. He's he's still a great defender in his old age too. Yeah. Um, center field, I think this one's a no-brainer. You got uh, Luis Robert, Ramon Laureano, and Byron Buxton. Uh, Laureano for me, no no question. Really, really, Stan. Hmm. Robert. Really. Yeah. I guess it's not a no-brainer. I think it's Byron, <laughs> Byron Buxton is just ridiculous in every defensive cap. All right, we're all split on this one. I'm going to go with Buxton. Right, no, like the one thing you thought would be a slam dunk, we're all split. That's we're crazy. The stats. Rob, we're Robert, the stats Robert week. did have a lot of good defensive plays this year. We will pull up the stats and the winners uh, when they announce them. Uh, to right field, this one is kind of puzzling. Clint Frazier, right field, gold glove. I mean. Yeah, 36 I, games played. I Sure. I mean, I'm not going to pick him. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's between Frazier, Joey Gallo, and Anthony Santander, who was actually Frazier did make some really good year. plays. I might have to I'm go with Gallo on this one, but Nick, Nick, go ahead. I'll go Santander. Okay. Stan? I'm, I'm going Gallo. Okay. He's got 10 defensive runs saved. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. So now we'll pivot to the National League uh, pitchers. We got Max Freed, Kyle Hendrick, and Alec Mills. I'll go for Fancy Ace here, Kyle Hendricks. Okay. Sam. Yeah, I'll go Hendricks. Yeah, I mean, the pitchers, we don't have too much to base it off of, so I'll just go with Hendricks as well. Um, we'll move on to catcher. You got Tucker Barnhart, Wilson Contreras, and Jacob Stallings. I'll go Contreras, I'll go. Contreras here. Yeah, Contreras. Yep, I, we'll, we'll go Contreras here as well. He's been very solid defensively, just in general in his career. Uh, first base, you got Brandon Belt, Paul Goldschmidt, and Anthony Rizzo. Ooh. Both Brandon Belt. Come come back here, Bob. Huh. Little San Francisco bias there, Nick. Stay <laughs> 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 <Damn. laughs> I'm going to go uh, Rizzo. I, I agree with Rizzo. He's very solid defensively. I think Rizzo should uh, grab that for sure. Uh, second base, you got Adam Frazier, Nico Horner, and Colton Wong. That's a tough one. I don't know too much about those guys defensively. I'm gonna go with uh, here. I'm gonna go with Nico Horner. He's a California guy. Go with Horner here. Okay, close enough. Um, I guess I'll go with Horner as well. Sure, why not? I don't really know much about them, honestly. 
Uh, third base, you got Brian Anderson, Nolan Arenado, and Manny Machado. This is also a no-brainer for me. This is a slam dunk. Yeah, yeah Machado. Can we, can we, can we... Oh. <laughs> I'm going to go wait, 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 wait. Stan, you said Machado? Yeah. Nolan Arenado's on the board, and you said Machado. I mean, don't get me wrong. Machado's a great defender, but <laughs> Nolan. Right. I, I mean, Sam, I appreciate the free points. I'll take them because I know I had some questions before. So <laughs> oh, my God. Free, so I appreciate the free points, Sam. I'm going to take Arenado. I think that's, that's what we'll do in a future episode. We'll, you know, score it up and see – Who's break it down? Who had yeah? Who had the most right picks? We'll break right, it we're down. Move this on week. to uh, shortstop. Uh, Javier Baez, Miguel Rojas, and Dansby Swanson. I'm gonna go uh, Dansby Swanson here. Interesting, Sam. You go Javi. Right, I'm gonna go with Javi as well. He's always solid defensively. All right, left field: Shogo Akiyama, Tyler O'Neill, and David Peralta. I'm gonna go Tyler O'Neill here. Sam. Let's see Tyler O'Neill. I, I've heard a lot of good things about O'Neal as well. I don't know how Akiyama's even on there. I didn't really hear anything about him. Um, center field, Ronald Acuna, Cody Bellinger, or Trent Grisham? I'm going to go Acuna. Belly's had some good plays. Oh, yeah, that's a, it's tough between those two. I like Acuna too. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Acuna as well. But I, I'm going to say Belly. Up. I'm saying Belly. You're going Ooh, Belly? Okay. All going right, belly. all right. Yeah. Okay, and right field, this should be a no-brainer as well. Uh, Mookie Betts, Charlie Blackman, and Jason Hayward. I'll go Betts, even though I don't like saying it. I'll go Mookie Betts. Uh I'm I'm going with the OG Glizzy Gobbler, Mookie Betts. Oh, my (laughs) God. All right, Glizzy Gobbler, Mookie Betts wins. All right. That's too much of me saying it. I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) He's the next Babe Ruth, and Babe Ruth thrived off eating hot dogs and drinking beers. (laughs) <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that pretty much wraps up our show for today. I'm going to kick it to Nick to uh, send us out. Nick. Thanks, Devin. If you want to find out more about Three Bagger Pod, head over to our website. A link is in our Twitter bio. Our Twitter bio is at Three Bagger Pod. Same with, same with our Instagram. Uh, Sam just put up some great stuff on Instagram about our bios. You can go ahead and check that out. Like I said, at, at Three Bagger Pod for both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can go ahead and listen to the podcast here on Anchor or Spotify or now most recently on Apple. Go ahead there, subscribe, rate, review, five-star podcast all the way. Really, really do appreciate listeners we saw on the first podcast, especially our one listener from the Philippines. You're the man. And finally, there's a fork in the road. Take it. Thanks for listening, guys.